Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Welcome to the bonus episode of Wrestling Daft. I'm your host, John, producer of Wrestling Daft and host of The Mark Show. Now, I feel I should put maybe a bit of a cinema voiceover for this bit, but here goes. Every story has a beginning. Every saga has a start. And this is the start of one man's journey towards wrestling greatness. This is chapter one of It's Yourself, The Gradle Story. So here we are with uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Graham Steveley, more affectionately known to you and me as the one and only Grado. How you doing, mate? It's good to see you, John. I'm excited to talk to the people. It's the a rest bit of weird doing this without Rab, by the way. It's it is. Weird, isn't it? I know. I'm kind of. I'm, I'm a wee bit nervous, but I'm ready to talk about my life. You, you're what? You're either Piers Morgan, Rob Feinstein, or who could you be? Oh, nah, let's go for let's go for a good old JR. Let's go for a good old JR. <laughs> right, right, okay, right, right. Cool. I'll just right, slur my words a wee bit, and uh, you know, make <laughs> inappropriate comments, and we'll get there. Now. Very inappropriate. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so Grado, this is basically chapter one of your wrestling story. You know that shitey bit in the book that you always skip. You know, my you, dad was a locksmith. My dad, uh, my yeah, yeah. she was stern but fair. Nobody wants to know that shit. I know, it? so hopefully, not many people hit the skip button on, on this. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to try and make it as entertaining as possible, and I'll tell you the truth because truth is always usually the funniest if you tell the truth. Isn't it? Absolutely. You so this is going to be from the start of your career up to that first moment getting into ICW because I think right. that's, you know, that's when it really just blew up. So mm-hmm. we'll get all this in chapter one. We're going to get all this at the way, but. People want to know about, you know, how you got started. Because let's, let's talk, first of all, what's your first wrestling memory? John, I was, I was a latecomer to wrestling in terms of, I was in primary seven and I can remember rip, ripping people that liked wrestling. I remember, I remember just going, what a lot of rubbish. But I think it was because of the fact that I never had Sky. Aye. Or at least aye. I never had Sky Sports. Um, and I used to rip my pals for it, but then... My, my earliest memory is probably seeing The Rock and going, oh my God, this guy is cool. And you know what? I wasn't I wasn't as interested in the actual action, the physical side of it. I was more interested in the fireworks, yeah, the yeah. theme music, the storylines. When I was in primary seven, it was the, the, the Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, um, Vince McMahon, that kind of... It was my first ever pay-per-view, I remember going, is MD, did MD tape it, was Armageddon 99. My first Royal, my first pay per view that I watched was Royal Rumble on Channel Four, and when I taped that, I must have watched that about a hundred times. There's a promo with The Rock, and he talks, and I love it. He's backstage, he's got his Brahma Bull football jersey on, and he cuts out, well, "I'm gonna make you a big tall glass of shut up juice," right? And I just I remember trying to copy that and just loving The Rock. I just became obsessed with it. 
and I swear to God, I, I get like that with things. See if I can see if I. Are you get like you get obsessed when you're? I get obsessive. Get obsessed, right? I get obsessed. Weird. It's so weird. Like if I get a vape, right? I need to know how is it made. How do I get? You know, where it come from? What can I? What can I get? It's staff, right? And I become so obsessed with it. Yeah. And that's what I done with wrestling. I got so obsessed with it. Uh, so like. Did you, were you into, I mean, you're, you're, I'm of a vintage where I can remember going to, like, say, Global Video and renting out all the kind of WrestleManias and SummerSlams and all that sort of stuff. Did, were you, at, was that kind of go on to go on at that time? I was always in Global Video, always in Global Video. And, I, and as I said, I've told this probably in the podcast before, but my Uncle Jimmy had a, an account. And so I'd use my Uncle Jimmy's account. So it was always that, you know, going up to the... the the, the desk with an 18 ECW pay-per-view and they're going what's, what's your name Jimmy <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> but I, I can always rem- I can I can remember even his passcode was it 5305 I remember oh, that yeah. his other password was one and I used to get my grand to go in and get, get me the wrestling videos and I remember always it was ECW Anarchy Rules 99 there was a, the WCW event with the with the three cages um, and I would rent that out all the time but, you know, when I really become obsessed with it, was seeing Beyond the Mat. When I saw Beyond the Mat, I was like, oh, my, this is great. So you just get to see all the backstage side of stuff. Aye. I loved it. And there was also, because I, I watched it so much, there was a teletext um, phone number. Do you remember I that? I remember that. Aye, aye, aye. I, was, I can remember. What was it? <clears throat> How did it go? Like, Welcome to WrestleZone, the service that brings you all of the wrestling news. <laughs> no, it was like three pound a minute, and I would yeah, go to my guys, right? And I would listen. I remember when it, it, it was the because I always never used to get it right. I never got that it was taped on a Monday, and we saw it on a Friday. Which, yeah, by the way, yeah, can yeah. I just say one thing that a lot of young folk are probably missing just now? But I remember being young and maybe going to swimming on a Friday night, coming back and watching Father Ted, South Park, and Raw. Yeah. Not Fre- oh, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, how good it was. It just, the, the, just as soon as Raw started, there was nothing better than watching Raw on a Friday night. And it was let's also... Mate, let's admit it, let's admit it, Gregor, you flicked over to Eurotrash to see if you could see a few aye. text oh, as well. Aye, aye. A 10 minute preview, laid <laughs> bear, preview. laid bear, <laughs> <laughs> sex etra, mate. Sex etra, Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? If uh, the Mean Street Posse were wrestling, I was nipping out if I can, do you know what I mean? Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> so was it was it just w were you pretty much across wwe when you got your that taste for it in primary seven were you across like wwe ecw wcw you just went hell for leather on it Aye, because it was a not i had a I had a pal in class called hammy and he was telling you need you need to see this ecw and you need to see rob van damme and i saw wwe but then when i saw the ecw stuff and they're hitting each other with chairs and i've got the real music because i'm obsessed with wrestling aye, music i'm such aye. there's a hang on spotify called the wwe playlist right and it's got like all the uncovered i mean it's so daft it's like i'll i'll listen to like al snow version three in the music and i like to see the difference and i'm obsessed with theme music i just love it i love going on theme song websites i'm such a gimp for it um, and I think that's what I loved about ECW was the Rob Van Dam, right? Yeah. That's how I got into metal music as well. Was just listening to ECW, yeah. Sandman stuff like when he, Sa- he aye, Sandman obviously was the one, isn't I it? I loved it, and I loved going back to my class when I was going to first year, and then I knew all about. But the, the problem was when I went into first year. Everybody started concentrating on winching lassies, getting fucking. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not a good look when you're into wrestling. No, 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 no. That's just, as soon as I got to first year, everybody. I was the only wrestling fan. That's <laughs> the way it became, and I became. I was so obsessed. I remember talking about to the, the teletext. I remember the, the mega first big mega storyline. I remember was who who ran Earl Stone Cold. Aye. And I remember, I remember my mate got internet installed. I was going, 
it'll probably tell you on the internet who's who's ran our Steve Austin. Check WWE.com, it'll probably tell you on there, right? I mean, this was like in the midst of it, but I thought in my head that they would probably give you a spoiler. That's what I thought the internet was. But I remember, I mean, I got absolutely horsed off my, my, my grand because I would go to my grand's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's that's why I never broke my VL to I was about 21 year old. <laughs> <laughs> I, was at, I was at my grand's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the way up to I was about 18, 19 year old. Um, but I remember when 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 the the Steve Austin deal came about and who ran out Stone Cold. I remember the, the the Raw where they announced who who done it. It was the very end segment, and I, I must have listened to this guy on the Teletext hotline go through every match all the way. I think I was on the phone for about an hour Shit. to hear fucking Rikishi done it. What? Oh, it was a no. that was a bit of a shiter, wasn't it? It was a shiter. Um, but again, also as well, I loved playing wrestling at the back door with my pals. So was it, were, you doing that in, were you doing that in first year? Or was that primary time you started kind of doing that? And then I, first year, man, I, I, me and my pals, there were some of the, because it was all, all folk, that's how I became pals with folk in different years and stuff like that, because they were all wrestling fans Friends and the we would get together. Yeah. And we yeah. used to film it out the back door, we'd get a mattress suit, we all had were in different characters and stuff like that. What, what was yours? What was yours? Um, badass Mike Austin. I was Steve Austin's brother. And what was your, what was your finisher? Uh, I think my finisher was a stunner, just a stunner. Right, I just, I just stunner. <laughs> but I mean, I would take it so serious. I wanted to blade and stuff. Like that. I remember going to my grands and smashing a glass bottle at the back door and blading, trying to blade myself. I mean, what I did, I was, I, I've told this story before about, about being you at my take grands. The penis, were you aware of the penicillin and all that before? Oh, I know all about that, man. Oh, I read that, right? all right. that shit. I, I was definitely, I was taking aspirin and stuff like that, so it would thin the blood. But was I'd, I'd go, I'd, I, when I was in my room, I was so obsessed with it. Like, I'd, I'd like, I need to wrestle. I need, I, need, I need a costume. So I'd, like, fucking get my grand's black tights. Fucking <laughs> stick her black tights on, man, right? Put stars on them and stuff like that. She had a wee tartan waistcoat. And I thought, that's just a Steve Austin's. It was a tartan. And I was like, that would suit badass Mike Austin. And I always remember being in my, being in my grand's room because I always used to hide. I would hide it for her. And I remember one time I was playing with the pillars and I had, the, I had her tights on. Tartan jacket, and I went coast to coast with this fucking glass bottle of ginger. Blood's pissing down me, and uh, I shit myself because my uncle Jimmy opened the door and see, saw me standing there, right? Can you imagine my uncle Jimmy wearing, wearing these moist tights, a tartan <laughs> waistcoat, and blood pissing all down my face? He was like, What the fuck is going on in here? <laughs> you know what I mean? I loved it, I loved everything about it. Uh, I what you got to say? So I so this was kind of first year, and I'm just getting the time here. So when was it then that you you mean you're you're into this? Your pals are into it. You're you're doing the backyard stuff and, and getting into involved. It. What age was it when you finally sort of go? Do you know what? I'm going to go out and see if I can actually do this. Aye. So I was 14, and um, I listened to Alex Shane's uh, talk wrestling on a Saturday night. I mean, again, I used to phone that every weekend and ask questions. I used to go, is Scott Steiner on steroids? Oh, we can't answer that, Graham. We can't, we can't <laughs> touch that subject. You know what I mean? That's the kind of things I'd ask. I'd go on and do impressions and stuff like that. Um, but what really probably kicked it really off was FWA, Frontier Wrestling Alliance. They were, the, they were the big British company at the time. And they ran a show called Uprising, right? Which, or was it Revival? It was like one of the two. And it was in Bethnal Green in London. And I had tickets for Rebellion, WWF Rebellion. And can I just yeah. say, by the way, I remember the first time I seen a WWF match was at Re- Rebellion Manchester. Me and my mum went there uh, Manchester and it was just seeing would that. Yeah, would the eggs on, on that card and stuff? No, it? no, it was it was Edge versus Christian. Uh, I think they were in a cage match. There was The Rock versus Stone Cold. Wow. Uh, I just loved it. And I, I, 
I always remember as well, just like Paul Heyman coming out to the ECW music and all that. And I was just like, this is the best ever. Anyway, so that was in 2001. But in 2002, I got right into buying the tapes for CZW. I was obsessed with Combat Zone Wrestling. If they had a show on a Saturday, I had that tape by the Thursday. Wow. That's I want. I was just obsessed with CZW, and I always used to think they were they were big stars. It's funny now when I see them and they're just like they're painting on decorators <laughs> and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? But in my mind, these were heroes. Anyway, so um, I so FWA were running a show in Bethnal Green, and it was a Saturday, It was only Sunday, and the Saturday night it was a big preview for it. Right, Balls Mahoney was going to be there. Right, AJ Styles was going to be there. Wow. Um, Alex Shane. I was obsessed with Alex Shane as a yeah. boy. Right? Big British, big British wrestling guy who gets a lot of pelters, but actually he's done so much and he's fucking made the money. He's made a good bit of coin out of wrestling. Anyway, I was just obsessed with how good he was on the radio. And I remember saying to my dad, my dad's a taxi driver, right? And my dad loves driving, right? He's a taxi driver that loves driving, just loves going long drives. And I says, Dad, look, there's this big show. I was in my grand's house and I phoned my dad. I says, look, Dad, there's this big show in Bethnal Green, London. I really, really want to go. I go, and he's like, I mean, who is it? I've never heard of FW. What, is it on Sky? And I'm like, no, no, no. And he's like, what the fuck are we? Right, okay. He says, well, go. He says, but you're you can't go to the two. You can't go to Rebellion. You need to pick. And I picked. I fuck, I was like, I'm, I need to go to, to this, this British wrestling show. And so on a Sunday morning, we set off at nine o'clock. And uh, we got to Birmingham about, maybe say about two or three. And the it was gridlock, sheer gridlock, could not get moving. And this is before the times of like internet and the phone and stuff like that. It yeah, was a matter yeah. of using a map, but my dad didn't need a map. He knew how to get to London, right? <laughs> <clears throat> so we went we to London City Centre, I'd say about six or seven o'clock, and we did not have a fucking clue where we were. And it was horrible. Uh, just that feeling that the show's on right now. Oh, I might yeah, make yeah, this yeah. match. I might make, meet the wrestlers coming out. Mate, it was about 10 o'clock and we had to just give up and to drive oh, back up the road. Oh, I was devastated, man. I've lost my rebellion tickets and I never got to see this British wrestling oh. show. So I was devastated, man. Just a drive away. I think we stopped half us, uh, like a, a travel lodge or whatever. But um, so I was on the UKFF at the time and uh, I told this story. I wrote it about how we couldn't find where the show was. So they started calling me the Lost Scott. <laughs> and that was my name on the UKFF, the Lost Scott. I changed it for like Grado WCW. No, Grado. In fact, was it Grado? Graham WCW. To, I changed it to um, I changed it to the Lost Scott. There was guys making music videos, Sugar Babes, round, round, baby, round. <laughs> <laughs> because I could, because they couldn't find a place. Um, but then I, uh, somebody said, you should tell this story on the, the radio show on the Saturday night. And I went, that's a great idea. So I got on my pals room and I phoned Talk Sport and they actually knew that I was going to phone they're like oh you read it on the internet that you didn't get to the oh, show oh wow really I so I get, I get on the radio show and uh, we've got Graham here from uh, Stevenson and uh, apparently you, you, you've you got a very sad story and I was like I me and my dad we drove we couldn't find it and I've got Simon um, what was Simon's name what's the TNA Simon oh, Simon Lowe's boy Lowe's boy Right, um, I said that's actually his gimmick name and he's going oh, you should have got the train and all this and I'm going I know I know I know and Alex Shane went well, he says, um, I'm going to phone you. I'm going to phone your dad tomorrow, and I want you to come to the next FWA show in three weeks' time. Jerry Lynn's going to be there. Um, there's going to be all your favourite FWA guys. I'm going to I'm going to get free tickets. We'll take you out for dinner after the show with all the wrestlers, and you'll have a fun time. I mean, this was just like the best wow. thing ever, right? I was like, oh my god, Alex Shane's going to phone me. So the next day, <clears throat> Alex Shane phoned me and stuff like that, and I was like, that this was just blowing my mind that Alex Shane phoned my house. <laughs> And um, I can I speak to your dad then? My dad, my dad speaks to Alex Shane. No chance. No fucking chance. No, no way, no way. 
I didn't get to that either, right? So I was devastated. But the fact that he had went out his way to say that he would get me tickets, That's I just adored yeah. him, right? I adored Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a couple of weeks later, so this must have been, <clears throat> uh, this would have been <clears throat> October, October, November. And I phoned up one week and asked, is there any wrestling schools in Scotland? And he says, well, funnily enough, there's, a, there's an SCW, Scottish Championship Wrestling Show. It's coming to Linwood um, on the 6th of February. I think it would have been two, in fact, would that be 2003? No, because I think my first bump in 2002. I may get mixed up with the two, 2002s and 2003. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was, oh, fuck, I can't, it would have been 2002. Sorry, I'm missing this. It would have been 2002 because I went to Rebellion in 2001 and then 2002. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But anyway, where was I? The wrestling school. Wrestling school. Right, he says, well, no, there's no wrestling school starting, but there's SCW. So then I typed into, into Google Scottish Championship Wrestling and I, I emailed the guy and I says, look, I'm 14 years old. I'd love to get started in wrestling. I goes, I'll, I'll do anything. Like, um, <clears throat> is there anything I can do at the show? Whatever. And I got an email back for Kenny Morrison, who's SCW promoter. And he, oh, fucking hell, he's SCW promoter. He says, look, even at 14 year old, that's too young to be lifting stuff in the ring and stuff like that. He says, but we'll give you, you can get free tickets and you can maybe do a wee report on the show. So yeah. I was like, this is great. So SCW comes along. This is my first proper indie show. And uh, I mean, it was like there was about forty people there. The first match there was a triple threat match, and the guy was like, "Couldn't we on fucking wallabies in the ring with white, like white socks? See, like <laughs> two for a pound socks, right?" <laughs> I was like, "What is this, right?" But the, the action was quite good. But I was going, "Fuck me!" And um, I can remember my mum as well. My mum and dad were there, and my mum was like, "I can fucking smell all these wrestlers. They're stinking," and they were right. There was um, always been a hygiene problem in British wrestling, but this that night it was stinking <laughs> anyway I went back after the show I went backstage and I met Iceman who was a big hardcore wrestler and I had seen him on Trisha he was on Trisha yeah, yeah. gang about his wife his wife didn't like that he'd done wrestling and stuff like that. Yeah. so I was obsessed I was like I know you Iceman and he even popped it that I remembered him as well so I met all the wrestlers and I got I got their AOLs can I get an interview with you and after that I felt as if I was oh I don't know, I'm onto something here I'm kind of getting pally with these folk Mm-hmm. And I done the report. The report was scandalous, man. I'd love to see it back. I never knew any of the moves. I just slagged every cunt. You know, I mean, was that I was, the one that Drew was Drew wrestling in that? So show? that was Drew's right. first ever match. That was Drew's yeah. first ever match. The funniest story about that was, I wrote and I, I said in the report, I said, look, I says it was fucking. I could hear them all talking. I could hear them calling their spots. And I think about an hour after the report went live, I got a message for uh, Andrew Galloway, and it said, "Did you hear me talking?" Wink, wink. And I was like, oh, you're the guy that wrestled Conscience. And he's like, yep, it was my first match. I mean, that's blowing my mind thinking about it now. That that's yeah, that's, am- that's amazing, that. isn't it? Metal, did you hear me calling spots? I was like, no, 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 you were great. <laughs> so SCW, SCW were like the first kind of... That was your first taste of kind of Scottish scene then, wasn't aye, it? That was the first taste of the Scottish scene. And I was getting all their emails and MSNs and stuff like that. I came across this tape trailer called Andy Wason, who got absolutely slaughtered online for, <laughs> for like no sending tapes to people, right? He was like, on the, he was on the blacklist, right? I, please avoid this guy. But I got talking to him on MSN, who turned out to be Red Lightning. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so he. There was SCW, but then there was BCW, right? There was a falling out between the two promoters, right? Yeah, and they kind of but, split the, the promotions then. Aye, yeah. that's right, that's right. But I was fucking, I wanted to be everybody's pals. I was, you know what I mean? I would talk to Bay for them and I would turn up because SCW, I started getting really close with Kenny Morrison. Like if there was, there was a show 
Um, I would hand out flyers in the street for him and stuff like that. There was, I think, so that was the first time when I went in Linwood, the second show I turned up and the ring announcer never turned up. So they were like, can you be the ring announcer? No, that blew my wow. mind, right? Wow. 14 years old, right? Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm stunning in the ring. It was fucking brilliant. I'd done uh, um, a ring announcing for the show, but the funny thing about that was as well, right? You're so shy, Grado, of course. You're so shy, you know. <laughs> I know, mate. I was, <laughs> me, I was me. loving it. I, I'll do it, I'll do it. Um, so I done ring announcement, but the funny thing about that was David Wilson, who's always been there for the start, he filmed the show on his camcorder, right? But what I didn't know was it was sitting right right next to the, the desk that I was using to ring announce. So every match I'm going, fuck me, this is the shits. Oh, my God, that he's fucking blown up. <laughs> fuck me, he blew that. So they, they couldn't settle the tape of the show because I'd fucking buried every match. <laughs> that they had recorded. Who's um, the can, you remember, can you remember who was wrestling? Uh, oh, there was um, who was a uh, Eric Can Eric the Fist Canyon, who who played a big part in my training. Adam Shame, who's been there for the very yeah. start. Um, you know, but Shame was brilliant. But Shame was like a met, was a big big character in British wrestling. He's a big part of. Still, still is. I mean, he's obviously coached Trip and doing yeah, stuff in ICW. Coach Trip stuff's absolutely excellent. But he he is a legend in Scottish wrestling. There's not one person has a bad word to say about Adam Shame. Coach Trip, he's the fucking nicest guy you'll ever yeah. meet, and he really, really is a close uh, a close pal. So SCW started doing training. But I'm I'm getting mixed up because I remember going to BCW for a couple of weeks. Did you went to BCW and NS? I was going back and forth. I was going right. back and forth, and I was getting heat for it, right? But I wasn't giving a fuck. Because BC, I, I love BCW because it was mere, I don't know, there was, it was like folk my age. I mean, Dallas was, was, was training at the time. Um, Red Lightning was training at the time. Uh, who else was there? But the weird thing... Was I kid, kid, remember, fight, kid Fight there kid, as well? Kid Fight, Kid Fight. Ross Watson was the first guy. He, he, I mean, one time I went to their training and it was like, um, he saw me and he went, all right, Fatty Boom Boom. So he, <laughs> he, he had called me Boom Boom for years. That was my nickname that he gave me. Um, so just skipping so you've went to the, you know you've been doing the report and you've been doing the kind of you called up to be the ring announcers when did you then go right I'm going to go and actually start training and we start taking the bumps and all that I, sort of stuff and when can you remember taking your first bump I mean the, the first bump I remember was funnily enough the Wednesday night TNA had their first ever show oh TNA we all had to yeah. get that <laughs> <laughs> and I just became obsessed with TNA. I love that. But I always remember it was a, it was a Sunday after the first TNA show. So that I think that was June the 20th or something. 20-odd. I'm getting mixed up with my dates. So it's hard to remember. Fucking too many concussions. But um, I I remember my first bump. It was Drew Galloway that showed me how he did my first bump. And That's I remember incredible. the trainer at the time. He had an ECW replica belt. And I loved it. I loved seeing this replica <laughs> belt. I was <laughs> full, full shebang, not just the kiddie on ones. Like the full... No, it was, a, it was a cracker, man. For Aye. its time, it was a cracker. And he had yeah. the WCW TV title as well. And it was just amazing. I always remember that. I always wanted this TV title, right? It was amazing. And I remember one of the BCW shows in later years, maybe about two or three years later, they had it up for a raffle, right? A two-pound raffle. And that's these pure Jakes won it. You know what I mean? These Jakes won the WCW uh, t television title, and I always it always bothered me. I'm like, what are they going to do with that? Like, I fucking want that. There's two Jakes. <laughs> anyway, with the one in a fucking raffle. Um, <laughs> sorry, I keep going back and forth. I just oh no no, it's fine. Up. But I I always wanted to be a wrestler, right? Um, in fact, I, I must lie. I just wanted to to the end. I yeah. just wanted to be a part of it, man. I just wanted. It's the part. It was the part of my album. You know, you're now doing panto and stuff like that. But it is the you know, you came in from the entertainment background as opposed to the, I want to be, 
yeah. a muscle guy. I want to be a I, body guy. You I know? like to wear kick pads and fucking yeah. high spots and blah, blah, blah. That wasn't in my game. I wanted the entrance music and to be entertaining. That's what I wanted yeah. to be. Like, even for, all the way through school, I was always in the talent shows. That, <laughs> fucking, uh, you know what I mean? I was, done fucking, I was in a, a boy band in the primary seven. You know, I mean, talent show and shit. It's, it's always just been part of me. I used to fucking, uh, when I was uh, young, I used to fucking date. Obviously, I used to Gary Glitter impressions when I was young, right? That's what I used to date. That's, I mean, I, I was obsessed with Gary Glitter when I was younger, which is fucking... Really, that's, that's, that's all sorts of wrong. Aye, definitely. And I, I'm, back, I, I'm, a bit weird, I'm a bit weird with dates. Yeah. But, um, but it was November the 10th or something, 1993, and it was so weird because my mum... My mum knew that I loved Gary Glitter and she took me to a concert. It was meant to be a big surprise. And we go, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was, but we got there and it said Hall A singing Kettle, Hall B Gary Glitter. <laughs> That's all sorts of wrong when you were getting it. And by the way, I've spoke to Singing Kettle since then. They remember that gig. They remember that very gig. <laughs> really? Aye, they, they split the halls. Aye, you wouldn't want an audience mixed up at that one. That's for <laughs> no, sure. Oh, you would not. You would not. Um, and so I remember my mum going, oh. Uh, Gary Glitter's playing we've got your tickets to sign Kettle, son. I was like, fucking hell. But anyway, we got to the, the ticket bit and she pulled in the tickets and went, come on, come on, come on. So she fucking walked me, but it was the best work ever. Because it was such a good surprise. Anyway. You fire more. So, um, so you've, you've done, you've done, you've done your, you know, you, you went into the train. So it was, was it, was it uh, you were fought between the two train schools then, between BCW and mm-hmm. uh, LK. Which was pissing off a lot of people when it ended up that I, I became a lot closer to the SWA boys. Um... Aye, the SW was where, where I kind of... Who, so, who was an SWA then that you got close to then at that point? Uh, so that'd be Adam Shame, um, Micken, a wrestler called Micken, a wrestler called William Grange, who does the, the commentating for, for ICW. Um, and also Drew McDonald, the legend, a Scottish wrestler. Right? Yeah. He, I remember emailing him when I was a wee boy as well, just at that time when I was kind of listening to talk, talk wrestling and stuff like that. I was like, look, can you train me to be a wrestler? And he, and he replied to me saying, if you can get five or six of your mates and you can book out a wee hall, um, I think for like a couple of hundred pounds, I'll come up and train you. And that always stuck with me. I was like, wow, that's amazing. But then my pals would chip in for it. <laughs> anyway, I'd, I'd, Drew McDonald came up to one of the shows as well. And, I, and I'd, I was obsessed with shoot interviews at this point. And so I'd done a shoot interview with Drew McDonald. It was like wow. four hours long. Everybody was pissed off. And the wrestler that he was wrestling was getting pissed off because he wanted to go to his match and stuff like that. But Drew just... Drew literally gave me his full life story. I mean, like, full life story, right? I mean, you, he's been everywhere. 70s, 80s, 90s, all the world. Fucking, he's, he's muckered up with, with Regal, Chris Jericho, yeah. all sorts. All sorts of debauchery as well, by the way. The stuff that he was telling me probably would have been inappropriate for a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> I wasn't caring, right? It was so good. And there's a, there's a tape trade called Simania. Simon Go Brave. I'm sure he's got that footage and I would love to get it, man. It would be brilliant. Yeah. And I, I, he just helped me out a lot as well. He always just looked out for me and stuff like that when I was at shows. I wasn't even wrestling at this point, but he just kind of looked after me and made sure that everything was good. Yeah. So you're at I mean, so SWA then. Um, you, you started taking bumps at, the, mm-hmm. at, this, po- at this point. How long do you train then until you get the nod? Who, 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 who was leading it? That was, so what happens is Conscience is the head trainer, right? Yeah. And we are wrestling in Clyde Bank Leisure Centre every Saturday for one to six, taking bumps on these, not a ring in sight. So you just do gym mats that you get. Or right. We're taking fully fledged fucking ultra bumps on these brick solid mats. Um, But I don't know how, how to say this, but like, 
the training wasn't really that advanced. Right. You know what I mean? You can't day training with a ring as it is, right? It was hard. You know what I mean? You, the, you can't learn stuff on mats and you need to get that experience of running the ropes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I always made everybody laugh at training with my matches. I would always do wee daft things, right? And it popped the trainers, right? It popped Adam Shame. It pop, popped Conscience. Conscience this time has just came back for a tryout with OVW. So like I was like, oh my god, he's the he's the man kind of thing, and he was really over conscience. If he was he was really yeah, over yeah, Scotland, yeah. he was he, he really was a great character and really played a big part in me my career because um one day he said I need a tag team, and they're going to be called the Lowlanders, and he was like hmm, and he looked a bit, and he picked who was Mikey who ended up being Glenn Dunbar, and he picked me. He was like, you can you you're going to be Grant Dunbar, Grant and Glenn the Lowlanders. So, bear in mind, we've never been in the ring at this point. So, we're with Tereso, a two-on-one. It's me and, and Glendon Barr, my big match, first match. I think it was Golden Harvest 2004. That was the name of the show. The promoter was a big fucking Japanese fan, so he had these mad... I mean, I think about it now, it was crazy the way they, they promoted wrestling, He the way he promoted wrestling, because if it was me at that time, you'd have the big American flags and all that, yeah, wrestlers yeah, yeah. coming to town and stuff like that. But they were just like A4 sheets of paper, wrestling, British wrestling, do you know what I mean? And the wee, yeah. the old school cards. It's really kind of cool indie, kind of Japanese style. Aye, and know. that's not going to get the public in. There was always, no. I mean, we drew about fucking 60 at this show in Green Town Hall. How many of your mates um, were there? What? How many of your mates Oh, were no, there? no, my mate, I never wanted my mates to come right, and see right. me until so later you were, Well, you were 16 at this point, weren't you? No, I'm at this, at this point in two, in fact, no, I would have been then, 2004. Right. I'd have been yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah. I'd have been 16. And I mean, even the, the, the day the show, that was my first time like running the ropes and stuff like that because that we only ever got aye because the, the ring only turned up on show days. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, all we did was train on mats, so we we only got ring time when there was a show, and there wasn't a show every month. It was a show like every couple of months, like every three months. So I mean, my first match, so my, my very first match, I remember with the Hufford gear, we got low, we got. Uh, blue t-shirts, cut the sleeves off them, obviously. We got Lowlanders. Rangers blue, there. obviously. Rangers blue, obviously. <laughs> Scotland blue. <laughs> oh, it's <just> Scotland. <laughs> and uh, for my first match, I wore um, fucking my most cycling shorts and she wore the fucking aerobics or whatever. And this fucking, um, this blue Lowlander printed t-shirt. And uh, what was it? Um, so I wrestled, fuck it, Carol Harker was his name. And it was a two-on-one, and it was fucking mental, man, for my first match. He was scudding us with steel chairs and stuff like that. Fucking for hell. For my first match. It was fucking crazy. But so, I mean, what, can you remember, going back to just a wee bit, like, you obviously popping the boys and stuff when, you, when you're, you're there. Where did you pick up your kind of moveset from? Was it just through watching, and you went, I'm going to try that? Exactly was it like that. Dusty, watching Dusty. I mean, who? who I mean, I wasn't watching, watching Dusty at that point. I was. I thought I was going to be like a fucking high flying. I mean, I wore kick pads and stuff like that. Duck this, take one, but 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 all this carry on. Yeah. But I mean, really, it was fucking with me. I mean, it was whip them off the ropes, clothesline, suplexes, and stuff like that. I was really advanced. I never, I never got trained as such until I was on the road in 2012. That's when I can really say when I was because I just shot up. And I was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll get to that obviously when I when I when I go to the griddle part. But that's that's when you really, really learn when you learn crowd work, the psychology, placing yourself in the ring and stuff like that. When you when you were wrestling on these shows, there was only forty people in the crowd. It was hard to get. Yeah, I mean, I was the yeah. shit. So I was fucking rotten. So I mean, what sort of stuff were you doing in the ring when you when you were tapped? What sort of? Oh, you know um, what? I had this move yeah. called. Um, I had a I had a butterfly brain buster. 
<laughs> double and fucking hook them up. They they go vertical and I drop on my ass, which is so fucking dangerous. But oh god, all I, these I, indie cunts were up for taking it. <laughs> so you, I mean, I mean, this was this is your big debut. But oh wait, hold on, hold on a minute. Sorry, the first fucking the move I've always ever had was the wee boot. You always it had was, that, have you? I it was <clears throat> again conscience was coming up with stuff and um. We were going to our big boots, and he went, wee boot, and that was it. And it just came for the day, wee boot. I, think, I don't think I used it until maybe like my second or third match, but as soon as, right away, I wanted to G it up. You know, I did it with the Shawn Michaels G yeah, up yeah, and bang yeah. straight through. It's because, in fact, it wasn't big boots rolling. I was obsessed with the Yakuza kick, that's what we called it. Yeah. Or the, what was that, Yakuza, or the Mafia kick, they called it in US Indie Wrestling, right? That's the way I, I, I date run shot through, bang, slap the fucking uh, thigh, thinking I'm the fucking big man. Um, I, I've always had the wee boot. Ah, but, right I always, but I always remember, like, there was there was no reaction to, like, half the matches that were on. And I don't mean to say this. But it must but, be tough. must be tough. It was tough. But you know what? I was, no to blow smoke up my ass, I was getting a reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we, we were heels and all that. And I and I just loved getting out there and, and getting in folks' faces and getting the fingers and stuff like that. I, I, I always got a reaction. Even though if I was fucking shite in the ring, I always got a reaction in what I'd done. Yeah. I mean, I must be. I mean, did you envisage yourself? You did you envisage yourself going in a single straight away, or was that hard to take going in as a tag team? No, it was fucking. I could. I wouldn't. No, I'd have been like a fart in a trance because right. see the thing is as well, John. I was I was in a band as well as a That's teenager. Right, right? Aye, aye, aye. So it got to the point where I wasn't showing up for training. I was I was doing my band thing and stuff like that. And like sometimes there'd be a show, and. It, and in between the show and the next show, I had maybe went to training like once or twice. And so my, my tag team partner, Glenn, he'd done like all the moves. I'd come in and fucking sell and had a couple of strikes and stuff like that. But it really was, it was fucking phony as fuck. So was it, was it strange going in as a tag rather than a singles? But yeah, do you always want to tag to initially and then learn the kind of, you know, the ropes and... Listen, I was just chancing my my arm. I really was. I really was just chancing it. Like as long as I was getting booked in the ring, and and you see, be honest with you, I didn't. I hated it because I was so crap. Like I, I you know, what I mean, mm. I loved in the entrance and getting a boot. See me on the bell ring, <laughs> job eh? You know what I mean? I loved so, cutting promos and stuff like that. But I mean, no. how far on was Glenn? Well, Colin he Glenn. was. He's. I mean, he he was great. Right. He was there every weekend. He was fucking really good, to, like kind of doing the kind of British style and stuff like that. I remember one time, fucking, I'm in, I'm in the ring, and uh, I'm doing my stuff and all of that. It's going all right. But then I tag in fucking Mikey. Mikey's his real name, and he would come in and fucking do, duck this, take that, fucking boost oil the gaff, and like fucking, I'd tag back in again. And if and I remember one time in Command that my pals were like, this is when I did like my pals come. And they were going, tag, tag, back to Glenn, tag, back to Glenn. They fucking <laughs> beat me, right? Tag, get, get out, get out, get out, get out. I'm fucking 50-year-old, I was gutted. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was gutted. So, I mean, that, that's, that's an SWA. Was, was Wolfgang an SWA at that point as well? No, so what happened was it was fucking at the time, it was such a good storyline, right? Because they worked everybody. You know, BCW and SWA, they had like this online feud. It was pathetic, yeah. right? People knew about it, like people, the fan. There was, there was a core group of fans that would come every month, and they knew about that stuff. And SWA, we were, we had better production, right? We had fucking Con would invest in like these entrance ways, and he would do angles where he get buried in a coffin and stuff like that. And well, like, Rab was involved at this point as well. I Rab, 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 Rab met. Me and Rab met. This is about run about the time me and Rab met. And he was so sh- he was so shy, Rab. He was dead dead shy. 
yeah, um, yeah. I got talking to him on MSN and stuff like that, and he was kind of writing stuff. He'd done his old Titan Tron videos, he edited stuff like that. But BCW were really nailing it in terms of their shows because they were they were booking Yanks, they were banking all the, they were booking like Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch to do in South. And I mean, I, I, I needed to go, man. Like, even though I was an SW wrestler, I wasn't missing Steve Carino coming <laughs> to Commando to Grand Hall. Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't missing the honky talk, man. I was not missing that, even though. The boys were told, don't go. I went, mate. I went. Aye. I can always remember one time as well, fucking Lionheart, God rest his soul. He was behind me at one of the shows with a big, with a fucking sign saying, fucking, somebody sucks or whatever. And he was wearing the rock, sunglasses, and a fucking and like, intercontinental replica belt. And I was oh, like, yeah. who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> but, anyway, but anyway, BCW had, they had a really kind of, they were, a start, they were well established in BCW. It was um, Barry Young, Wolfgang, and yeah. James Scott, Dark Side, right? And they had this tag team called T2K, T2K. And they come out with a face paint and stuff like that. And they were fucking brilliant, right? They really weren't. I'd get blown away and I'd go to their shows and go, wow, look what, look what they're doing. But on one of the SWA shows, Con put us into a room. And was like, now this time it's, in, it's, it's fucking engra- ingrained, engraved in their heads to hate BCW. We hate them online. We bury yeah. them and stuff like that. Lionheart, um, <laughs> I don't think people will mind me saying it, but he ended up in the front pages of the Daily Record. He got stung a billion. He got stung a billion when he walked in the jail um, as a prison guard. And he was, he got, he got stitched up big time, right? The folk that worked in the prison against him. And he ended up in the Daily Record and stuff like that, right? Now, I would go on the internet and go, BCW's uh, wrestler Lionheart has, he's in the front page. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd get messages and fucking folk going, that's terrible and all the rest of it. But um, we done a show where we caught so con pulls us in. You following this? Is this? It makes yeah, sense no, this, we, I just wanted to wind it. Had you were you the champ? Were you champions at this time? Because I'd, I'd like to get to that getting to that first belt of you know that first I mean, moment you got a first your first real wrestling title. Ah, uh, I mean that was just the best feeling in the world. It was a tag team tournament. We get told on the days. I think we were the first SW tag champs. Yeah, and then we had to we had to wrestle. Um, fuck, who did we wrestle in the first round? I can't remember if it was like flight and. Fuck, I can't remember. But anyway, we had to wrestle in the final, finals, total annihilation. Well, that was Adam Shame and Hatred, and uh, on that show as well was was Fergal Devitt, Finn Balor. He was on the he was in the first match because he was Hammerlock NWA and SW was kind of NWA thing. We had an NWA Scottish title at that point. Fuck, wow. I don't think we did have that. I'd love to get that back. That'd be fucking brilliant. <laughs> Aye, so uh, there was in, so we were kind of endorsed by the NWA. We had Dan Seven that would come in for training sessions, seminars, and stuff like that. But aye, so the first time I became, I became champ. I got all my pals to come up. It was the, it was the Matt Busby Centre in Bells Hill, and well, what a feeling it was when the belts and the, the belts are actually quality as well. They weren't the wee snidey. A lot of a lot of companies would use like replica belts and fucking you know get a felt tip pen and score it WWE and fucking put BCW on it. I think it's what's put, put BCW on it. Um, but when I won the tag titles, it was oh, it was amazing. I remember having a MySpace and putting that as my profile picture, me with a belt and stuff like that. It was so so cool. Yeah, it must be something. So, but what, going back then, so you're yeah, presumably your tag team champions at the time of this kind of invasion angle with BCW and SWA, aren't you? Which was brilliant because they worked us really because we had no idea this was going to happen until about five months before the show, and it felt really carny. It felt like really kind of like fucking screwy and stuff like that. So I got a buzz off it. So we were we were uh, in the middle of the match. Uh, Dart side and Wolfgang were to come in the ring and fuck us up and stuff like that and take the belt straight. And it it was such a cool angle, which led to the next. So this 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 is now about two thousand five. The next Scottish show was BCW show. 
at Kilmarnock Grand Hall with D'Lo Brown and Mick Foley. Mick Foley was there in Kilmarnock, wow. right? And I'll never forget. That was the first time where I really thought, wow, getting into a project. Because the story was we were getting the belts back. We were going to interrupt oh, them. Were BCW and SW then working alongside each other? Aye, aye, by this point, yeah. they're working alongside each other. But just like storyline-wise, there was nothing fucking mm. money or anything like that. Yeah. Because that, that here's another thing as well, right? So obviously SW, I was like, that's who. That's where I really, really trained and where I met all my my mates for wrestling and what I learned from us. But the other side of the twin BCW were again having these jacks and stuff like that, and it was like I really want to be in that. I'd love to be in it. Um, and I remember showing up well, to turn up and they uh, an invasion in their in their show. Now the place is sold out because Mick Foley's there, but yeah. she just she just gone backstage right for the first time and seen Mick Foley count all his money for the his signing that he's done. And he got up, hello, how you doing? Shaking his horn, speaking to Dilo Brown and stuff like that. That I was like, whoa, I'm, I'm, this is a wrestling show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It felt great. And so we get planted in the crowd, and it was no, and that, which by the way, that was the same day as Eddie Guerrero died. So there was a 10 bell salute Jeez. for Eddie Guerrero. Um, so I, we, we, so we interrupted their match, done a run in theirs, and the crowd went fucking bonkers. We got booed at the building. I'm wearing the jeans and the cut off t shirt. Like, you know what I mean? I'm doing a run in. Do you know what I mean? I'm doing a run in. <laughs> and it was fucking, it was superb. The heat, and just, I remember coming home that night going, wow, that's me now being on the same card as Mike Foley. Do you know what I mean? It was just, <laughs> just a brilliant feeling, mate. It was just so good. But the, the thing about that as well was when, when, when we would wrestle in SWA, you know, you know, it's always said, it's always ingrained in you as well when you're young. You need to get paid, no matter what, no matter what, no matter where yeah. you're on the card if you're younger. So you need to get paid. But Nene said the boys to ask to get paid. <laughs> Nene said the boy. We were just there fucking about, really. And um, we would get a fiver after training. We talking if we might right a fiver after training next year training session. Oh, fair enough, whatever. But I remember going doing that thing, that adventure angle on BCW and going backstage and a promoter coming up and going, "Well, fifteen day," and I'm like, "Aye, right, fifteen all day." And I remember just being like. I've just been paid 15 quid for that. Fuck me, man. That was class. I've got 15 pound. You know what I mean? This is before I'm working at McDonald's and stuff like that. I was like, I've got 15 pound. <laughs> um, but I, that just blew me away for then for then on. And also, which is weird about that show, Shah Samuels was on that show as well. Oh, was he? Ah, uh, he was on that show. He was completely different. He had a shaved head. Um, I can't remember the tag team he was in, but he was he was at that. that and it wasn't until years later that we realised we were on the same show. Well, Shah's obviously like my best mate in wrestling. We've yeah, been everywhere. Yeah. But it was just, it's mad to think that show he was there. So was that, that the moment then that you really went, right, fuck it, you know, I mean, you know, you were working at McDonald's and then went on to work at the fire service and stuff, but was that mm-hmm. the moment that you went, fuck, I, I, I want to do something with this, I, I really want to take I, this I, on. That's, I, but you know what, I never really, I would always dream about it, but then I was never ever committed, man, in terms of like going to training and stuff like that, I really fucking was like, I was turning up to shows and I was half trained and stuff like that, and it was, I'd done that for a good couple of years. Because then you, you, end up, you end up just drawing a line under it, didn't you? you basically, it. basically. Yeah. And you know, but, but like all the boys loved me. They really did in terms of, they used to call me Chipmunk. Apparently I looked like a Chipmunk. So they would call me Chipmunk and then it was CP Monk because fucking CM Punk was doing the indies. Kid fights calling you Boom Boom. Boom you know. Boom. Aye, I just had, like I just go on with everybody. Do you know what I mean? Of course you do, aye. Of course you do. And, and it was just like, aye, it was just but like early, for a good three or four years it was that car. Come in and day, day something. I remember like my first single again, Sabotage. I think when Sabotage, British wrestler, he's fucking, he looks like an Undertaker, right? He's, he's only like 5'9", like, but he was built to fuck and he had like the contact lenses and fuck, he, he was cool and he really took me under his wing as well. 
Um, so that was so you 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 have done you did a couple of runs with the tag titles in SW and then you obviously the inevitable split came up and you went into to singles, didn't you? I we went into singles, but I don't even know if we actually even wrestled each other singles. But um I I think I was still called in fact I did we even I could you know what I can't even remember. You were still you were still wrestling on the ground. Still was the bar, still grand the bar. Like and it was like fucking for years I would I mean there's such a big chunk that I missed out on. Like such a big chunk. Because it really wasn't until I mean it came to the point where it's two thousand and eleven, two thousand and twelve and but do you know what? Everybody in Stevenson and Adrosson, they all knew that I was the, the wrestler, right? See, everybody in the, in the town, they would go, there's a wee wrestler guy, there's a wrestler boy and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm out of fucking my this. And I remember hearing there was a show in um, the Adrosson Civic Centre and it was wrestling. And now that's just, I mean, that's just from the corner for where I'm sitting just now, right? So yeah. Just a couple of blocks up, a couple of blocks. Um, and I was like, I need to be on this show. I need to be on this show. Like, there cannot be a fucking wrestling show in this area without me. I need to be on it. Remember the promote? It was SWA, right? So you and dropped then- out, but so you let's rewind the clock. Ah, okay. Let's let's um. Settled you dropped. In. So you were doing SWA. You went on a singles run. A wee bit of singles run. What wasn't it really? It was like two matches, man. Yeah. So did you? Did, was that because that point you decided to you sacked it? Because you stood how long away from wrestling were you when you left SWE? Well, I was, I was always in and out, but I was. I think my last I had a match in Pit Lockery in two thousand and nine. Yeah. And then I got asked in like 2010, 2011 to come back and do ring announcing and get involved because they always knew I was a big character. They always they were always like, oh, get him in for this. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was they would always want to utilize me some way, but at this point, I'd, fu- I'd I mean, I'd go whatever day was. I mean, I was I was in Damien Damien's first match. What's he called in WWE again? Demo. Uh Killing uh, Killing Dane. Killing Dane. And I was in his first match, and I remember taking him through his first match and all that. Fast forward a couple of years, later, I'm going to his training sessions with him. He just picked up like that. He was the man. So what, this is what I would do, right? This is God's own truth. What I do. I'd, I hated the group training sessions, right? I just fucking couldn't hear it. So I would get private lessons. I'd get private tuition lessons. And I'd maybe go like two or three times a month. That's all I'd done it, right? But it was just to kind of keep my, just to keep my neck in, just in case anything yeah, yeah, yeah. pops up, anything pops up. And why, obviously, why did you step away from it? Why did why, why, why you, you walk away from it? Was it just, you can just not what was happening? Like, just, what, you go to drink with your pals at the weekend? Aye, and then it go to like, that. It go to yeah. that, where it was kind of like that. And uh, birds and stuff like that. And fucking aye. working and all happens that. Happens to the best years, mate. Happens to the best years. Aye, basically that's what it does. It's just because, I, I, I wouldn't say I grew out it, but I started going to Fitbit and all that as well. Do you know what I mean? Fitbit was on a Saturday and I like going to Fitbit with my pals and stuff like that. Um, but I say, as I say, I never... I was kind of, that was me until 2011 and 12. And then this show now dropped. This show. Yeah. I needed to be on a show at that kind of, because everybody was asking me straight, oh, you'll be on that show now? And I was like, fuck, I'm not on a show. So I messaged the promoter and I says, look, I says, look here, I says, I need to be on a show. I says, I will sell you. No, this is, I goes, how, what can I do to be on a show? He said, if you sell me 20 tickets to this show, I'll book you. And I was like, nay bother. So I'm like, how do I get people to come to this show? So that's when I, I, I got my pal to film me in my room and I cut a promo on Adam Shame. It was the first thing I've ever done. And I really only meant it to be to people in, free, in, in like my area, right? It started to get shared everywhere. It was like me got calling Adam Shame, um, a big daft, you know that. You'll get your head kicked in, your 
Tatty and all this kind of stuff, and like folk were like, "This is brilliant!" Like fucking hell, because obviously they're used to seeing wrestling promos that saw Americans going this Saturday, you know, this kind of kid. I'm going get your cell down to the Civic Center Saturday to watch me. No, that's trumpet, you know, that's kind of. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of daft part. And it started to to get shared around about, and so like the the show ended up like more or less selling it. It was packed, man. It was packed. And uh, I wrestled Adam Shame, and I mean, I think it's somewhere on YouTube, but it's hilarious, man, because we went to B&M during the day, and we're buying ironing boards and fucking things we can snap out, snap out each other's heads, and it was a street fight going to be and stuff like that. And um, fuck, so we we done this, and it was the main event, and don't get me wrong, I had a whale. It was the first time when I went, this is amazing, because the crowd were just yeah. great. Because it, it was the building there. I called myself Grado at this point. Had you, had you really? Now, because that's interesting, because I, I went and actually, I was watching the Adam Shame video uh, back to because obviously... What was I saying in it? What kind of things were I saying? I'm making it was, I just love it. I just love the fact that you're getting just all these people to say Adam Shame. <laughs> just walking about. <laughs> right! Grandin Bar, you're This is a message for uh, Adam Shame. Grado said he's going to fucking knock the shit out of you, by the way. <laughs> Oh, what have I let myself in for, man? Oh, seriously, honestly, I'm bushed. Honestly, last night, I never slept a wink, right? My mom, my mom's fucked off on holiday. She's just lost her trust in me. She just doesn't want me to do this. My dad, second, second that I've challenged you to a match, my dad won't even let the road I'm on. Last night, I logged onto my computer and I got a notification that you posted a video about me. And you threatened me. And you said you are going to date me in on Friday night. This is all too much for me. The whole wrestling universe hasn't got any trust in me. I'm pulling out. I can't date anymore. I'm not doing it. Sigh! What I want to say about this, the first match that I came <sighs> back, right, obviously. I, start, I called myself Grado number because all the troops started calling me Grado because I got that stupid tattoo I've mentioned. That was when you, you, you've talked about that because the, the name got... Uh, where did, you were never called Grado. Nobody ever called you Grado. No. And then you in, went in primary seven, In primary seven, I was called it for a couple of weeks, right, right. Grado. And I always... And my pals, like, well, cool used to be called Grado. Aye, men used to be called Grado for a fucking cup of coffee. Uh, so we go to Magaluf, we get Stephen, story goes, I end up getting Grado, putting my, my arm and like people like, the fuck's Grado? And I'm like, shit, there's nothing worse than having a name on your arm, never mind a name that maybe calls you. So it was a matter of phoning everybody the next day, look, man, your name's Grado, man, your name's Grado, call <laughs> me Grado, call me Grado. <laughs> so, aye, so I called myself Grado in the bar and uh, I came out to 99 Problems. That's <laughs> the Civic Centre. But what I can remember of that match is, John, um, he, uh, Adam Shane scalped me with a steel chair through the match and he done me hard way I fucking burst blood everywhere and I shit myself I was like oh my god I'm bleeding and I'm always never forget Adam Shane turning around and just going enjoy it wee man and I, I was like you know what I mean <laughs> fucking I've got blood everywhere I can see my mom in the crowd raging raging <laughs> this is terrible it's, it's, it's too much it's too much <laughs> after that I thought um, this is it that's it. I'm I'm putting everything in the wrestling. I can't know Dennis. So the next show, I do another video. Then the next year, I do another video. But at this time, John, ICW are on TV, right? Yeah. And I didn't really know him. Everybody, all the ICW folk, they were a kind of cool mob and they were, they had drifted away from them, right? Yeah, because you're like going back, you knew Dallas from way, but way back in the day. Did, had you realised that Dallas had started his own promotion and stuff? 
Aye, and I'll never forget Dallas because I oh, fucking forgetting about because I mean in 2002 we had a, a seminar with Jake the Snake Roberts well, at the post office and he's know, we didn't mention the, the post I know, office I forgot session, to say that. The, the infamous post office session. So you were there, Dallas was there. Kid fight, no one. Kid fight, there. Kid fight, there. Uh, Red was there. He was there wearing his Ranger socks, and I remember like standing in a line and Jake Roberts just going, "The only person that's going to make it here is Drew." He's yeah. going to make it there, and he was sitting eating Mars bars and drinking whiskey and stuff like that. But fair play to him, man. He was great in terms of. I mean, I went up to him and I went, "Jake, how do you punch?" And he just went, "Punched me." And I was like, "Fuck me, man!" Jake the Snake Roberts has punched me because obviously I'd missed out a lot of wrestling when I was young. But I went back and watched all that. I watched Aye. everything. I got everything. So to see Jake Roberts and he was a training session at post post office was fucking a memory that I'll never ever forget. So yeah, I Dallas. So you, you knew Dallas from from so back Dallas then, as well. When, he was at that. He was at that Jake Snake Roberts. Uh, yeah, thing I, as well. he, he was there. And did he? So he's. Um, you've started hearing about ICW. Did you then get in touch with Dallas, or did he no? Get Dallas got you? in touch with me. Right. The, the funny thing is, I mentioned it before, but Dallas, the, the night of that Jake the Snake Roberts session, he said to me, he says, "I am going to start running an ECW style show in Scotland." And we're going to have ECW guys. We're going to have New Jack. And it's going to be the fucking biggest thing. He said that to me in 2003. Yeah. Said that to me in 2003. And it was mental because at this point, he, he did. He had the ICW shows and they were in, in sound. Was it sound 23 or something like that? Apollo 23 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, 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 the one downstairs for the cinema. Aye. But John, I would, at this point, I had just started the Magredo stuff and all that. And I would wake up every morning going, I would love to be in ICW. I'd love it. Would any day to get in ICW? Will I take steroids. Will I go like this and blah, blah, blah. And I can always remember sitting in my bedroom, I get an email from Mark Dallas. Good to see you're back wrestling. Um, we want to get you to do a couple of videos in ICW. We can't promise a match or anything like that, but we'll do a sort of storyline where you want to get booked in ICW. Uh, and he, like, had he seen the, the Jackie? He'd obviously seen then the, the Jackie, Jackie Polo, Polo promo. It's a sell. How you doing, Troops? It's Gredo here. Listen, I need updates. Last week I got a wee phone call from one of my mates. He says, Gredo. Have you been on that Facebook yet? You've been on the Facebook tonight? I says, nah, I'm never on the thing really. He says, well, you better go on it tonight because there's this wrestler, Jackie Polo. He's uploaded a video to Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, full shebang, slagging you right off. I says, Jackie Polo, slagging me right off. I says, it can't be that bad, surely. He says, no, you need to see this to believe it. So there I was, me, my ma, my da, the dog, all crowded around the laptop to see what this Jackie Polo would say. And we watched it for nine minutes long, borders to tears. But right at the end, sure as fate, he slags me off. What does he call me? Well, Jackie Polo, you called me untalented, unathletic, you called me fat, and you called me ugly. Well, it seems to me, it seems to my family, it seems to everybody all around the wrestling globe that you, Jackie Polo, are a lying bastard. And then I don't know if you're aware of this, that also, apart from the fact as well, Grado, me, the guy that you're looking at right now, well, his popularity has absolutely soared. It's went right through the roof. The last couple of weeks, I'm telling you, I can't even go into that bloody post office for a first-class stamp without getting mobbed for photos, for videos, for autographs, full shebang. And it's not just that, by the way. It's phone calls off celebrities I'm getting as well. The other night, three o'clock in the morning, tossing and turning, tossing and turning, the phone goes off. It's Margarita Prakatan. Have you ever heard of Margarita Prakatan? Well, Margarita Prakatan's on the phone to me. She's gone, Grado, when your next video? When your next wrestle? Margarita Prakatan, when your next wrestle? I said, Margarita Prakatan, 
Get to your bed, hen. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'll struggle to fall back. You're now you're on the bloody phone. So Dallas messages me saying, we can't promise you anything, but will you come to a show and we'll film some vignettes and stuff like that? And this was like the best thing ever. I remember phoning my mum and all that, going, Mum, this company, because they had a TV deal on my TV. That's right. They were on it like fucking four o'clock in the morning and they ended up getting canned. <laughs> because one of their shows ended up running till like six AM and Billy Cutler. I passed the watershed. So, um, but so as soon as I signed, I never signed. But as soon as I, I got approached with Dallas, they get kicked off the telly. But I remember going to my first ICW show, John. Oh my god, that was, was that in the class? Was that in? Was that, that was in, in Classic Grand, classic man. Grand I. And I was, and it was just everything I'd ever dreamed of in terms of. Because I remember, yeah. I think I maybe went to one show just before I made an appearance and being in the crowd and taking my pals and they seemed like Stevie Boy and David Blaze, the, the Bucky Boys, and it was just amazing, right? Packed. And I was like, fuck, yeah. man, this is so, so good. It was incredible. I mean, I remember those early, I, I mean, I, that's when I started going to see ICW. was in, in the classic grand. It was just this. Was it really? It, it was like, yeah, it was like Glasgow Potter meets ECW and it was just this beautiful combination. Nailed it. That's exactly like kind of fucking Rab scene is, but kind of tune the fat meets uh, fucking ECW, Jerry Springer, fucking just complete, absolute fucking daftness. But it was fucking brilliant. It was amazing. The crowds were fucking minted. Um, I just so, the great. So when you went to that first show, had the book Grado campaign started then? No, it hadn't started yet. Right. But the next show started and. I had always kept pals with Chris Renfrew and he was like the booker in ICW. Which yeah. I, we'll talk about this one point because we fucking had a mega foot at one point. Um, I, so I picked up Chris Renfrew the day my first... And actually I had to... What was, what was the deal? It was, it was on a Sunday and I remember I had a shift in the fire brigade and nobody would work it for me. Nobody would work in the fire brigade for me. Um, I can say now I've worked in the control room for 10 I worked in the, the fire brigade control room for 10 years taking the 999 calls I always had to fucking kayfabe that all the time but it doesn't matter now <laughs> um, but actually um, I phoned in sick because Aye. Dallas on a Saturday night mate went mate if you don't show up tomorrow I don't think I can use you you need to be there so I had to fuck, I felt terrible I phoned in sick to ICW and I'm, you know that way I'm like, holy fuck, I hope no, any of the, the, the gaffers, sons or daughters are at this ICW and they see me or whatever, right? But anyway, so I spend the full day backstage doing promos, get Grado booked. Before I started it, because I had got a Grado leotard off Easy Money, remember Easy Money for ECW, oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. A Grado leotard at this point. Was that, that's uh, your, was that your first Grado leotard? Aye, that was my first aye, leotard. Aye. Still got it? I have still got it, aye. Yeah. Um, so, but I needed something. I remember being the classic man going, I need something else. What can I add to, to, to my gear? And I was like, oh, I love wearing bum bags. Like, I'll get a bum bag. And then there was a hip hop shop just around the corner for the classic grand. And they were doing like customized snapbacks. So I got a Grado snapback and a, and a bum bag. And that's what I've used ever since for that day. I've all, that's that, just that, that we. Do you know what? That's incredible. That, that is incredible. I mean, because I was going to ask you, you know, how did the gimmick come about? But that is it. It's just basically what was there at the time. It, that was it. That was, that was all I used. It, and um, I, I mean, saw the. The Gradle gimmick is is just, you know. I'm a big, you, I'm myself a big you, punter. Just you. Aye. Just you. I mean, that, that's what I love love about you, Gradle. It's just that is that is just you. And you put a bum bag on my cap and, and that you've got just you. That, and was, a it. Ball, you know? that was it. And yeah. so we did, we did this thing at Backstage at ICW where I try and get booked. 
and I asked Alice to get booked, they end up making a short week in a mini documentary, which is a bit annoying because the first time you type, type thing you type into Gradle Wrestling into YouTube, it's this video, which I don't really like, but it's me kind of doing a parody of the Dennis Stamp. You know, yeah. I don't do many tricks, I just jump and all of this. I'd rather be in the main event and breathe and stuff like that. Everybody, have you, remember the training video? Have you sent that training video to Dallas? Have you done that for me? I don't do any tricks, I just jump. No, because, well, it was just you and a f***ing trampoline, man. What sort of training video was that? Oh. Mate, you Let's just be no beer in the bush, man. You can't be on the show, you're not ever going to be booked. Let's be You've wrestled your last match. So they kind of filmed that, and this is because I just filmed stuff backstage. I was never exposed to the crowd. In fact, no, I went down a, I went down a, down a line where I signed, maybe saying, get Grado booked or whatever. Aye, aye, aye. And so... Um, so they, they put up that video and it was getting fucking shares and all this. And then I went to Las Vegas on a, on a holiday and I was getting everybody in America to say, get Gredo booked. I'm walking down Las Vegas in my leotard and stuff like this. Um, so that the videos really took off and it was like, then there was another show and, and like the start of the show, the crowd, the crowd just started trying, Gredo, we want Gredo, we want Gredo. This is, the garage. this is before I've even debuted. And I think, you know, it's, inc you know. it's incredible because, you know, that whole side of things is now such a big thing, you know, using YouTube, using social media. You mm -hmm. were one of the, you were one of the first to kind of utilize that in, I, into that I mean, ICW for, for them as well, you know. I mean, apparently there's a video out there of Kenny Omega taking a, like, um, a training seminar and he's like, look, if you ever want to uh, get a get, you know, get ideas for how you should promote yourself on social media and wrestling, look up a guy called Grado. <laughs> really and, well. and apparently as well there's like um, people were telling me that, that like um, at the the performance it wasn't the performance center then maybe it was but they were showing videos of like me doing my promos and how I done myself and they were like watch what he does wow. so I know, I know they were kind of watching because and at this point as well for fuck's sake they start following me well, that, that's, what I, that's what I was going to ask you because obviously this is all going on in the background in ICW and you and Mark have you know got this this idea, you, Renfrew, and Mark, this idea. But in the midst of us all, Vice are filming a documentary for ICW. So how did then Mark then go, to, like, well, because he's obviously, that, this is, they've come to film ICW for this documentary. How did Mark then go, well, this is a, this this makes sense to put the cameras on, on Grado and it'll, it'll all work that way? I think um, the, the British wrestler stuff, I Dallas wanted me to get filmed because it was just, I was probably getting a lot of likes or shares. These videos were getting yeah. hits and stuff like that, and people were talking about it online. And they were like following me. And a lot of the guys as well, they didn't want filmed because they thought we're going to be look like a, a they're going to make a mockery out of us. Because I went, fuck that. I'm yeah. getting in about this. And I'm, I mean, totally, they came to my house to interview my mom. Like, I'm sitting at the end of my bed um, with like, because at my twenty-first birthday party, I had a, there was a big picture of Triple H, and my heat superimposed on it. Happy, happy first, happy twenty-first. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, on yeah. the background. I've got my signed pictures of Steve Carino and stuff like that. I was just so honest. I was like, look, and I remember being like, well, I'm shite, and all that. I've, 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 I've been away from it for years, but ICW's about, and I, I want to get involved in it and stuff like that. So Vice were just always following my boot, and they, and obviously. We, the, the the night that I debuted, fuck what I, that was just one of the because even as a wee boy, I always loved run-ins and stuff like that. I always I was like I loved surprises and the energy when somebody comes in for the crowd, and it was during a during a six-man tag match. Um, they need somebody get it was like a free own two, and the commissioner had to book a third guy. I mean the whole place is going great, oh great, oh great, oh. 
I jumped the barriers. Yeah, because you were in the uh, crowd, yeah. I'm in the days. crowd. I'm with the troops. I'm a fan of this. Yeah. Get Grado booked on us and fucking what a feeling, man. Like, it was just like... I, oh. I mean, what what a payoff. I mean, it was... Because I really always wanted to be in ICW and it was just such a fucking great Yeah, yeah. What, what a payoff. I mean, Mark, obviously... I mean, you and Mark and Renfrew obviously kind of hatched all that together. You know, you were doing the videos. Just an incredible payoff and, like, it is, it's just it's a great story and just a great storyline. And then... Well, I will put a full stop at that point, I mm-hmm. think, for chapter one, because I, I, that's I think, it, I think I think so. I mean, it's like, I feel as if I'm like jumping from back and forth. I hope it's not annoyed people, but it's just fucking, it just was crazy. It's a lot. Like I that. mean, it's a, it's a lot to take. It's a lot to take in that. I mean, because that is you from the start to right up to that. I mean, that is mega. Right? That's me fucking talking about when I'm away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fucking in my, in my grand's bedroom, fucking blading myself <laughs> and stuff like that. But I mean, in the next one, we can talk about the British wrestler and then doing insane, insane yeah. fight club and what happened, and then becoming like, like transitioning from no just wrestling to doing stuff on the telly. I, Rab gave me an addition to be on TV. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's that first run was incredible. I mean, that that first run on ICW was, was unbelievable, and obviously mm-hmm. like you're, you're moving TNA and stuff. Got a couple of listener questions here before, oh, really? before, cool. before we leave it today. So uh, Dean Watson, uh, one of our Patreons, uh, <laughs> said, "How long was it from your first training session to your first match? So that from that first training session to your first match, how long was that?" So my first ever training session, it might have been muddled up, but I always remember it obviously was that that, that that Wednesday after the first TNA episode, right? So that was June 2002, because I think June 19th was the first TNA show, and then the Sunday, whatever it was, June 24th, I can't remember. Um, that was my first time taking a bump and stuff like that and being shown. And my first match was in April 2004. So it was just, just under two years. Right, okay. Uh, Bronze Chill asks, uh, he's a big fan, Bronze Chill always involved in the show and one of our Patreons. Uh, As a fan before becoming wrestler, uh, you've talked about having replica belts, you got that as a present, which we all know was your favourite Christmas present ever, your replica belt. Did people want to know this? Ah, yeah, you've talked about that in the the, the podcast before. Uh, What other merch do you recall having? Did you have any t-shirts, action figures, games, any... any... So, um... WWF The Music Volume 4. Oh, classic. I, I loved having that. Um, I, I've never had a wrestling figure. Never. Never, never interested in figures. Oh, well, there's one of our one of our uh, fr- listeners is making your very own Grado figure, which you're going to have very soon. Oh, get in there. That's tidy. And I'm also getting wee dolls, wee keyring dolls getting made as well. So a wee, a wee cheap plug for that as well. You'll be able to buy an uh, Grado's merch store very, very soon. GradoWrestling.com <laughs> But what I would also say as well is um, it was the tapes, mate. I was so you were into a big tape trader, weren't you? I was a mega tape trader. I mean, I didn't like because I remember buying tapes off um, tape traders. It was like four for twenty pound. It's meant Where did you get them from? Where did you get them from? A guy called Simania. There was a place called Pick Tapes. He right. must have raked it and raked it. And this boy, he was only about a couple of years older than me, but he was like selling like fucking thousands of videos every week. Basically had his own room set up to, to record videos and stuff like that. Yeah. I was getting videos for all over the world. I was getting the Japanese stuff. I was getting the US indie stuff. I was getting old British style. I was getting shoot interviews and any money that I got, I put it into that. But then when I realized as well, when you could trade, like, oh my God, so you can record a tape and then send it to folk and you will then get tapes back. Like, that blew my mind that I could get tapes. Do you know what I mean? I can tell, it's, it's weird because tape traders just want everything of no go. Do you know what I mean? 
So I'd maybe have like fucking um, this is CCW best of the best, and I'd swap with somebody for the, the Bret Hart shooting review and stuff. Like that. And it didn't matter, you know. I was getting the most fucking most random stuff, like like um like was it like the Ted Petty Invitational that was neither way mid south. Like it'd be just really really these fucking obscure wrestling shows. Like I would because like if what the hang like see if somebody had been released for the WWE. Yeah. And they had maybe wrestled in like a fucking an indie show in Baltimore or whatever. I would need to see that. I wanted to see yeah, somebody yeah. that was in WWE go and see see the gimmick. There. Will they use the name? Will they use the same music? Will they have different gear? What will their name be? Yeah, like, yeah. I had to have these tapes. That's still got, still got any of them, man. I hope they're still in, in this hut. Is it my back door or my, my dad's back door? I need to actually check. because I need to get him on a DVD, son. You need to go down to these dodgy shops in Glasgow to do a video with DVD. Did they, did they, did they, did they, did they make a big I, I'd love to see them back, Pick out your favourites and get that mm-hmm. done. Uh, another one from the Tactical Hot Dog, Sean on Patreon. Um, what's the carniest thing Gradle has done, either himself or has witnessed when he was coming up? The carniest um, thing. The carniest, fuck me, man. Um, what do I think about that? We'll not talk about your match at Stennis View or Oakle View. That's that was pretty carny. You know, was it you and Jester at Oakle View? What was that one when we they, we we wrestled fucking and uh, that was quite the football I mean, pitch. I mean, I re- re- wrestling and was it Stennis Stennis Park? I remember Stenis that. Park, yeah. I also remember wrestling in uh, in Postle Park once. Is that when you were coming up? Is that when you were coming up? I I um and Cranston is it Cranston is a place called Cranston, Cranston Park aye aye right in like Glasgow and like <laughs> we were told that there can't be any bad guys because there was a stabbing the week before they were like can you all just be goodies can you just be goodies because there's been a murder and we're like what and me and Jester get in the ring and we get absolutely pelted because it was a pack we tiny apple trees right and we got absolutely fucking scudded Scudded with apples this whole match. It started raining. We're fucking was sliding oil the gaff. <laughs> mean fuck, but that's, that, that's that was fucking. Carry. That's mm-hmm. um, another question here. I think this is the last well, one. I think also I tell you what I, I did the this week. Kind of when I sold, because <laughs> as well what I used to do is sell tapes at the tape stall, and I remember this is really bad actually, but. There was I ended up getting a copy of somebody's Lord of the Rings and I put another sticker saying it was like fucking WWF Raw's own and I sold it at the show. <laughs> I knew it <laughs> was like, the They had like the Lord of the Rings instead of the fucking tape. <laughs> they went, oh, I'm looking for this WWF and there's Frodo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I done. That's what I done because I thought I'll never see these folk again. Right, last question. Um, did you, when did you first start having problems with your hoop? Did you have problems in the early days with your hoop? I can remember the exact night that I had the ad fucking goat IBS. I can remember it. Right. Two thousand and ten, working on a night shift in the fire brigade. And I got a special chow mein from a Chinese takeaway in Johnston. And it had chicken, prawns, beef, and this other bit of meat. Which oh, it's the pork, just like the kind of pork stuff, is it not? Mate, pork I don't know if this was pork. Uh, I, don't, I have no idea what this was. This right. was dodgy. It tasted, I was starving, I tanned it anyway. And we, 
we got we lie down noon again in the control room through the night when we split uh, up breaks and stuff like that. And I remember just waking up in the morning and I shot and then I went home and then I shot and then I shot and then I shot and then I shot. The next day I shot, I shot, I shot. The next day I shot, I shot, I shot. Next day I shot, I shot, I shot. Fun it where I'm holding was put an end to it. <laughs> um, and since then I've always had problems. It's never been cu- it's changes. never been cured. I mean, that I've been changes. a. I want to tell this. Have I told you the story about going for a colonoscopy? We'll say, do you know, we'll save right, that little, we'll save right. that little nugget okay. for the, the, the right, main okay. part. <laughs> yeah, the nugget's a good one for it, mate. I think that's a good, I think we always have to go out on a hoop story, but it comes <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, right. That's a good right. way to go. So there you go, uh, part one of It's Your Cell, The Grado Story. On the next one, like we say, we're going to go through ICW up until getting that, that call from TNA. Uh, mm-hmm. But Grado, thanks very much for sharing, mate. That, that, was, that was great. Really, really interesting. Thanks very much, really Will you, will you leave us on your catchphrase just because nobody ever... Like, there you go, that. the catchphrase, I forgot about that as well. Yeah, how do you, do you know what, before, let's remember, how the fuck did you cut, do, was that just something that you that you picked up from a, a relative? Pal, my, my big brother's pals in the boozer for a time, they just go, they would go, it's your, it's your cell, it's your uh, cell, how you doing, yeah, it's your yeah. cell, and it would date to everybody, and I think the first time I'd done it was on that Jackie Polo promo when I turned around, it's your uh, cell. Yeah, yeah. So when the ICW fans were chanting my name, they were also chanting, it's your cell, it's your cell. Because the, the, obviously that's where the, 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 like, a prayer stuff comes from, that Jackie Paul video as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah. I, I can talk about the next one in terms of what, how, I, how, how I debuted in ICW, because I'll, I'll talk about the catchphrase and stuff like that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, there you go. It's yourself. Thank you very much, Grado, uh, and we'll see you on Chapter 2 very soon. Audio Frontier. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.